you're here. Glad you could make it. Welcome to another live stream. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dancefish.com. I'm glad you could all make it tonight. We do this every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I've, I've got some super exciting stuff to talk about tonight. I'm kind of buzzing inside. I'm so happy. Um, I'm really excited, but but I'm going to uh, give folks just half a minute to pile in and get through the ad, sorry, <laughs> and all that jazz. So, um, all right, I think people probably got through the ad by now. We're at 40 seconds, so your mic is super deep. Oh, no. Is anyone else noticing that? My voice sounds weird. Oh, jeez. Okay, give me a second. How's that? Is that any better, hopefully? Or that there? Better? Better, better? <laughs> Sounds like you're underwater still? Yeah, it's fixed. Okay, good. Good, good. Yeah, my uh, my dear sweet wife borrowed the mic uh, earlier today to record her podcast, and uh, I think she bumped a setting. Sounds good. Okay, good. <laughs> so l let me check something. So I'm going to put it back to what I think it was. Tell me if it screwed up again. So I just flipped it. Is that bad now? Did it go back to being bad? Is it weird? Is it in my, whoa, weird again, still good? Okay, so it's not that setting. Hmm. Oh, well, Punji Paints is here, so I can start now. Well, then we will. We'll start now. Sounds fine. Okay, cool. Cool. All right. I just unplugged the mic and replugged it back in. I guess that made it happy. So we're going to give away some black worms. We're going to do some exciting stuff like that. But before we do that, I am super excited to tell you that a little earlier today, I placed the order from Nigeria. So that is in. It's going to take uh, them a, a little while to collect all the fish and get them to me, a week or two. But uh, the order's been placed, so I'm super excited to finally place this order that I've been uh, waiting to do for a long time. So that's the first, that's the thing that has me uh, kind of feeling like I just took 10 espressos. I just drank a bunch of espresso. Um, <laughs> I'm really excited about it. And then the other thing is I've been keeping an eye on the weather and a few days ago, everything looked pretty bad. And I was pretty busy today, but just a, a little while ago this afternoon, I checked the weather and it looks like as of Friday, things will be heating up pretty well across the nation. So I was able to uh, put two day shipping back on the website. So shipping's a lot cheaper now for folks that were uh, waiting for that. And the other thing I did is since I have this large order coming in from Nigeria is I went ahead 
and put everything on the website pretty much on sale. A lot of it's 50% off. And I'm just trying to clear space, basically. I don't have to sell them all. Um, it, you know, whatever happens, happens is, and is fine. But any fish I sell just makes more space for the new fish, which is, is always good. So, um, so if you've been waiting for shipping to go down, that's happened. And as a bonus, uh, lots of stuff is on sale at dansfish.com. And like a lot of it's 50% off or significantly discounted. Couple things aren't. I didn't discount the Amazon puffers um, because I've had them since October 21st. It's taken me a long time to get them up and healthy and stuff and ready to sell. So I, I can't really discount those. <laughs> and a couple other things aren't, but almost everything is. So check it out if you've been waiting and if you're interested, dancefish.com massive sale and i'm just trying to make room that's that's the purpose of it so that's the other exciting thing that's happening so whole bunch of new fish that i'm excited about coming in and uh massive sale to guests of going out to make a little bit of room so hopefully that makes some folks happy i know there's lots of people that have contacted me over the last couple months and been like, man, I want this, but shipping and, and I get it. I get it. I know that overnight shipping or next day shipping, really technically it's next day saver is how I send it, um, is very expensive. I totally understand. Um, so hopefully this allows folks that have been waiting to, uh, be able to, uh, to order that have been waiting to order. Ty Hunsaker, $5 super chat. Thank you, Ty. I appreciate it. Hit the like button, he says. Well, he paid five bucks, so we better, right? <laughs> Thanks, Ty. I appreciate you. Um, <clears throat> nice to see Lumpy Dog in here. Jeff, great to have you around. And the rest of my mods, hello to you as well. Candy, Punchy, uh, Killers Aquatics, and Skippers. Is Skippers here? Um, I haven't really been looking at the chat, so probably Skippers Aquariums as well. Anyway, um, yeah, so excited. Now, I have one thing that I want to ask you guys. Um, Jonathan and I have a, a puzzle we're trying to figure out with getgills.com. And we got our first spam. And it's not, it's not like there's a bot or a Russian invasion or anything like that. Um, what it is, is there's a gentleman that sells chola wood who's going through getgills and contacting everyone vendors. He can't contact you if you're not a vendor. Um, so vendors, people are able to contact them because we're trying to make it easy for potential customers to email potential vendors uh, because we see that vendors probably will get more business that way. But what happened is there's this guy that's selling Chola wood. He does not have a store on Get Gills. He has his own website. And he went through and emailed every one of the vendors and said, hey, I sell Chola wood. Here's my website. And, you know, that's that's ambitious. You know, that's fine. He didn't have a program or a bot running. It was him physically typing an email to everybody, um, which is fine. But then he did it again, like a week later. And then we'll we'll do this again. Oh, jeez. Man, I hate this. I hate buffering. I hate buffering on you so much. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to get chat back. Just one moment. 
Hang on, I gotta refresh because I'm trying to get chat back. Live chat, yeah, how do I pop you out? Hang on, there we go. Okay, almost there, sorry folks, technical issue. And I'll address the technical issue in a, in a, in a moment. I think I know what's going on now. Um, anyway, so he made it so he can spam or email less people, only active stores. The question Jonathan and I have is, should we make it that people can only email you or fill out the contact form that sends you an email on GetGills or through GetGills? if they have an account. And we're going back and forth. It would make it so that people like this Chola Wood seller couldn't look you up on GetGills and send you an email unless they had an account. And then if if they kept doing it, we just cancel the account and, and, and they can't get to you anymore, right? So it's a little more secure that way. Although this wasn't a security thing at all. This is just a guy that's like, hey, these are fish people. I'm gonna email them. Um, so we're trying to figure out if we should do that to make it so you guys don't possibly get junk emails from people like this or not so that you guys have people reaching out to you easier that are potential customers. So what I've, where my mind is right now is this is the only time this has happened that I'm aware of in the time we've had the site up and running. It's been over a year, like a year and four months, year and five months, something like that. So it's not like a systemic thing that's a big problem often. This is the first time. So my thought is, hey, this is the first time. And it wasn't like this big malicious thing. It wasn't a bot or anything that got through security. And B, it's probably nice for someone just exploring Get Gills if they see a fish that you like, that you sell that they like, to be able to reach out to you if you're a seller on Get Gills and say, hey, I have questions about this versus making them create an account and everything first, which is a barrier to entry. So I'm worried that if we do that, you might get less sales, get less customers contacting you. So um, so I'm just curious if there's any vendors on Get Gills here, if they would chime in, uh, comment, let me know, make it at Dance Fish, please, so it highlights for me. Or if you'd prefer to keep your comment private, then you can always email me, dan at getgills.com, and I will, uh, have a discussion with you there. So that's the thing I'm, I'm wondering about. To me, it wasn't a big deal. Um, I, I guess if it became a big deal, then we would be like, okay, we're definitely taking other action. But anyway, that's, that's kind of the first time we've had this issue. So I just want to get your feedback. Um, so that's what's going on pretty much here. On my neck of the woods, hope you're all doing well. As far as buffering, so I did some things. I have Wi-Fi turned off, so it's just the Ethernet cable. It's a direct hard wire line that's bringing in the data. So if, if Wi-Fi was slowing things down somehow, if there was a conflict, that's no longer the case. I did set latency one step lower. So... Um, instead of normal latency, I'm streaming on low latency in case it's a bandwidth issue. But I've done some tests and I don't think it is. I think that my ISP just occasionally blips. And I don't know why it's happening. Uh, I don't know if it's a weather issue. It didn't used to do this. But 
I'm streaming today without Wi-Fi connected, and I'm streaming today on on low latency. And we'll see if it improves. It obviously we already had one little buffer session, so it doesn't appear to be that it's improving anything. But um, we'll see as we go on if there's less problems than we've had the last couple of weeks. So. That's what I think's going on after tonight. If we still have problems occasionally tonight, um, if it's not any better, then I'll contact my ISP and, and, and see if I can work something out. But I do think it's on there because I ran some tests and uh, at least once when it went dark on me, there was no internet. And that just happened this last time as well when it went dark on me. I tried to refresh and I got the screen that says you have no connection. So. I'm thinking it might be on their end. And if that's the case, hopefully they can fix it. Um, maybe not. I don't know. Good news is Jonathan's going to be out here in a little bit. And so uh, I can <laughs> pick his brain on the system. So, <laughs> um, okay. So that's what's going on here. Sand Creek Aquatics with a 99 cent super chat. Thank you so much, Sand Creek. And for the happy face emoji, always like happy faces. Um, so, oh, and I wanted to thank folks uh, that sent, uh, there's a local customer that lives in a town called Buffalo that's maybe half an hour away that was on some live streams. She's from Wyoming and uh, she didn't know about me at all. And she was on a stream and, and some folks uh, mentioned me. She looked me up. She came today and she had a great time. We got to visit. She got a tour of the fish room and it was just great to find another local fish nerd. So thank you for referring her. Uh, she bought some stuff too, which, you know, makes the life super happy. So <laughs> that was all fun. Uh, so thanks again for this community for supporting me and, and helping spread the word. Um, all right. With that, I'm going to switch back to live chat because when I refreshed it, kicked me back to top chat. And I'm going to scroll up and get to questions and comments and see what's going on in your minds. Um, if you have a question or comment for me, please leave it at Dan's Fish so it highlights for me in the chat so I can get to it. All right, here we go. Stephen Conroe, maybe? He emailed me. In my opinion, I didn't mind the email. Okay, cool. So it didn't bother you. Oh, Water Wizard, I haven't got the scuds to candy yet. I haven't had, uh, I haven't driven up to Billings in the last couple weeks, but um, as soon as I do, I will bring them to her. Don't you worry. I've reserved them for her. She and I have communicated about it, but no, she hasn't got them yet. It's when it's super snowy and icy, I don't make that trip unless like, unless I really need to. And I've been, uh, not ordering new fish for a little while, so I haven't been up to the airport. But with this big new import coming in, I'll probably be up there pretty darn soon. Mr. Guppy, I think you should leave it open, an open system, unless it becomes a really big problem. Open systems are better. That's my thoughts, too. I just want to give people a chance to let me know if they disagree with that, because they might have some valid points. Sean, OOTD, what if you had it as a setting, non-account messaging, or account only? Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I'm wrestling with. Uh, in, I'm thinking um, you don't have to have an account to message, so non-account, I guess, um, versus having to have an account. But if I understand your comment correctly. The loan requires, think we can easily block spam ourselves, at least for the time being. Cool. 
I say leave the email the way it is. It isn't a problem. Okay, yeah, so far hasn't been a big problem. But I did have folks reach out to me that were like, hey, you should know this is going on. And, you know, my main issue is that when that happens, it comes from get gills. Like the message is from the person, but through our website. And so um, I don't, you know, I don't want them doing that because then I'm sort of representing them in a way or something. I'm like, I don't know who this person is. <laughs> Wichita, leave it open. Cool. It seems like everyone thinks that that's fine for now. So unless someone, uh, unless I see some good arguments to the contrary, that's what we'll go ahead and do. So Jonathan, if you're watching, I think that's, uh, yeah, Jonathan and I talked about it and we're trying to figure it out. And we're like, let's ask the people. <laughs> they'll, they'll guide us. Loan, of course, I wasn't upset by the vendor just because he was legit, but it would be an issue if it was a phishing attempt. Yes, yes, absolutely. And we have pretty good security to control uh, and prevent bots and things like that, like any kind of massive farm or something like that. But when an individual physically types out an email to contact someone, you know, that's it's hard to block because then you block all communication. Working on my internet too. Awesome. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> Rockford Fishkeeping. Hey, Rockford, that reminds me before I read your comment, Rockford Fishkeeping was kind enough to send me a drum roll. I'm going to try to play it here. I don't know if you guys will hear it if I play it. So real quick, let me play this. Tell me if you hear this. All right, that just played. Did that come through for you guys? I don't know if it just plays through my speakers or if it goes through the system. And if it does go through the system, I don't know. Is it, You heard it? It's all good? Okay, cool. Cool, cool. All right. So we've got that. We have an actual drum roll thanks to uh, Rockford Fishkeeping for the drawing later on that we'll do for the blackworms. I'll get into that in a bit. Um, oh, I should do that now, actually. So if you want to win some blackworms, I'll send them to you, free shipping, all that. It won't cost you a penny. Then what you do is you enter hashtag eat worms. <laughs> if you do that in the comments at some point during the live stream, then that'll automatically enter you to win. And um, yeah, you can have some tasty live spaghetti. Chattanooga Ed with 10 bucks. Woo, two day shipping is back. Yeah, it, I mean, as long as the forecast pans out. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, supposedly starting Friday, the nation's just going to go whoop, warm up and get nice and sunny pretty much. Now, if that doesn't happen and Monday, everything's super cold and freezing and stuff, then I might have to delay shipping a little bit. But uh, yeah, yeah. Rockford says, I'd say leave the email the way it is. It isn't a problem. And there was another one that I missed. Hang on. Where were you? There he is. Rockford Fishkeeping might also be the hardwire cable. They don't last forever. Check your cat. <laughs> Meaning my pet cat that probably chewed on the cord. <laughs> yeah, I might need to do some tests there. Thanks, Rockford. <laughs> Thanks again, Ed. I really appreciate the super chat. Always appreciated. Never required. But it does make the wife super happy. The Lone Aquarius, how does Aquabid do their communication? Uh, same way we do. There's a field that you fill out to contact the vendor. 
What I don't know about Aquabit for sure is if you have to have an account set up to do that or not. That I don't know, but I don't think so. I think you can just click on the vendor and there's a field to fill out to contact them. Sand Creek Aquatics, your channel is growing so much. Yeah, we're uh, we're over 8,000 subs now. I think we're about 8,200 now. And that's uh, mostly growth within the last week or two. Um, things slowed down a little bit with the Annex build just because I was so busy that I pretty much only did live streams. Every now and then I would sneak in a video. But, man, I was I was driven. I was like, I've got to get this done. I've got to get the tank cycling because there's a finite amount of time you can go with building and not uh, selling a lot, not doing a lot of YouTube and stuff, you know, not having a good income stream. So I was on the clock. So I pretty much uh, just tried to bust that thing out as quick as I could. Now that that's done, I'm, I'm catching up. Um, I'm able to make more content and stuff's growing and I appreciate everyone that's supporting me. Um, other channels that are shouting me out. Thank you so much. Um, this, yeah, I, I appreciate the rally. It's very nice. And, um, so the building is, is pretty much done. I, I got a sink that I need to install in there, but I've been catching up. So I spent the last week, the better part of the last week cleaning. All I did was clean tanks. So I cleaned filters. I scrubbed algae off lids, which was getting so thick that the water sprite was like, getting weird. It wasn't getting enough light. Um, scrubbed down the front of the tanks, uh, sucked out mold, you know, all that stuff. Just did a, a deep clean in, in every tank in this fish room. That took a good week. I also finally drilled holes in all the bezels or rims. Um, and so now the airlines and water lines don't go through the lids anymore. They go through the trim. And so I can remove the lids really easily and wash them. But that took a while. I had to drill the holes, refeed all the air lines and water lines and all that, disconnect everything, reconnect it. So been doing that. And then yesterday, it, this is weird that this was so satisfying, but I came down here and I cleaned up like all the tools and put them away, cleaned up all the boxes that were laying around from all the stuff I bought to do the build, all the filters and lids and everything that it took to make that happen. So I just came down here and like cleaned like a maniac. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm finally to the point where I'm like, okay, project's done. Now I've cleaned the project up. I feel, I feel like, okay, good. There's some order uh, reimposed in my life and in my business. Cause stuff was, I mean, you could tell a big project was going on stuff was disorganized and kind of everywhere. Um, so tomorrow, I hope to finish installing that sink. It's a big shop sink. And then uh, start cranking out the videos like I used to. And hopefully we'll, we'll grow even quicker. Yeah. Kaylers Aquatics. If anyone has a question or comment, be sure to put at Dan's Fish like Bob Kaler just demonstrated. So he will see it. Yes. Thank you very much. Yes. Yes. And Bob Kaler, I'm so sorry. I saw that you did a live stream, but I didn't see it till a few minutes before my live stream. I came down and, and was getting prepped for this live stream and you'd already ended. So I'm so sorry I missed it. I'm going to try to make the next one. Um, I'll, I'll look up when you're doing it. I think it's 3 p.m. on Wednesdays. Is that right? Um, Central time probably. But yeah, I'm sorry I missed that first one though but I will endeavor to be there. 
H.C. Aqua, good to see you. Thanks for coming by. Peplin Creek Aquatics. Candy needs a female Episto. Oh, yeah? Well, Candy, let's talk. I've got some. Oh, let's see here. What species? Candy's got cockatoides, though. I don't know if I have cockatoides. I, I mean, I have some little, little fry, but I don't have any that I can sex. Leon Drollet, what is the pH of the water in most of your cell tanks? So it varies. Um, it varies from a little bit above neutral, say 7, 7.2, to down to mid-sixes, low-sixes in, in extreme cases. It varies over the time of year. This instant right now, um, you know, I haven't tested it down here, but in the tanks in the annex, it's about 6.4, 6.2 right now. So it's pretty low because of the time of year. But something you should be aware of if you're buying fish from me is it's very easy to take fish from soft water in low pH water and move them to water that's alkaline and hard. Like that is, that's not generally not a problem. In fact, those minerals and electrolytes and everything help them recover from the shipping. It's, it's actually nice for most of them to have that happen. Um, if you had soft water and I had hard water, which corresponds with pH generally. So if you had soft, low pH water and I had the hard alkaline water, um, and I sent you fish, then it takes a little bit more, uh, I don't know, what you call it there, then it, it takes a little more TLC to adjust fish that way. So I actually really like that. I live somewhere with naturally soft water um, because that means I can sell anywhere in the nation and generally no one's going to have a problem. So if you have soft water, great. They're already used to soft water. They'll do fine for you. If you have hard water, great. They're going to get landed in that and they're going to have access to minerals and electrolytes and everything that they need. So the other thing I really like is living in a cold area. That sounds weird, but it's super helpful because if you live in a, a warm area, um, I can put in heat packs and get the fish to you. Florida often has trouble shipping to cold areas because it's hot in Florida. So they are like, well, I guess we can't put in a heat pack because they'll overheat on our end, but then they get up to the cold area and they get too cold. So the ship, the, the fish during shipping goes through a really warm period and a really cold period. And there's not a whole lot that they can do. Um, when I order fish from Florida, this, this can be an issue. I'll, I'll call and I'll be like, please put in a heat pack. It's 30 below. And they'll be like, yeah, but it's 90 here. We can't do that. We'll overheat the fish. And then it's like, okay, let's hold off on shipping this. But um, so living in an area that's cold and has soft water is actually really kind of good for a guy that's shipping fish. It sounds weird. It's, it's like, why wouldn't you want to be in Florida? Well, they have hard water and they have issues with how to regulate temperatures during shipment. Anyway, Leon, that's a long-winded way of answering your question. <laughs> it's probably more than you ever wanted to know, but that's, uh, that's the answer. That's several answers, I suppose. Okay, let's see. The <laughs> Rick. So, chat jumped on me. The, the next comment I can see is Rick Stidham. <laughs> Hashtag no flukes. <laughs> it's just a fluke. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, that's a joke because... Uh, 
I put a message on uh, on Get Gills asking if a particular vendor was generally good at getting back to people because I hadn't heard back. And I was like, I don't know if this is just a fluke or if this is a regular thing. I'd like to order from them. And, and it became this thing. So uh, because we're fish people, flukes are bad for fish people. Right. So, Rick, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed that. <laughs> Sean OOTD, I meant, okay, what if you make the setting up to the account example vendor? Oh, you know what, Sean, that's something to ping by Jonathan. I hadn't thought of that. So what you're saying is leave it up to the person, to the vendor to decide how they wanted to be contacted. That's not a bad idea. I'm not sure how complex that is. It doesn't sound too complex, but leave it up to vendor. If any vendor reaches out and feels strongly that they they want someone to have to have an account before they're contacting them, um, before they can contact the vendor, then that might be the perfect solution. If no one does, we might leave it open for now. And if it becomes a problem, then, then this is probably a great solution. Leave it up to the vendor, open or closed. Thanks, Sean. Yeah. I appreciate that. I hadn't thought of that. Neither had Jonathan, at least not during our discussion. Um, yeah, leave it up to the seller. Good idea. <laughs> Hashtag eat worms, Bob. <laughs> no punchy pains. No, just eat worms. <laughs> Chewy LTD, there is a lot of people interested in snails. Do you know of any good books or other information out there that you would recommend? Uh, the person I would recommend for snails is Rachel O'Leary. Um, Rachel got in, she's a, a big name in the hobby because she's amazing, wonderful, and full of knowledge. She's written books. She lectures all the time. Um, but what you might not know about her is she started with snails. Snails are her first kind of love in the aquarium. So snails and other inverts, she's the person that I would start with because she's kept and bred different lines, different colors, all, all kinds of stuff with snails. So do I know any books? No, but if you emailed um, the Aquatic Bookshop, if you look up um, seahorses.com, go to seahorses.com, that's the Aquatic Bookshop's address. And uh, if anyone has a book on snails, it's Jim. And you can contact him through that website um, if you don't see it listed there. And he, he he might have it or be able to get it. I One thing that is bad about having my soft water is it's really hard for me to keep snails. Their shells just disintegrate in my water. So, um, yeah, that can be an issue. So I don't know a lot about snails because since moving here, I, I mean, I have a few pond snails and a few ram's horn snails. But in general, um, yeah. Like their shells are really soft. I go to pick them up to move them and I'll be as gentle as I can and I'll still accidentally crack their shell. It's really soft. Rockford cable bandwidth. Yes, yes, I, I, I understood that. I was joking about my pet cat chewing the cord. Sorry if that wasn't clear. Yes. Let me dog. Do flag cichlids nibble on plants? Yes, they do. In fact, the water sprite that's in the tank with them right now is pretty much rootless because they've just gone and nibbled, 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 nibbled at it, kind of like sevrums or something like that. So if you have a nice planted tank, um, and by the way, this is the first time I've seen that. Uh, a month ago, I would have said, nah, not a problem, but suddenly they're doing it. So 
what happened is, um, like I said, I went, I cleaned all the tanks. So I cleaned all the algae out of the tank and everything scrubbed it down. And that's when they started nibbling the water spray. So I think what happened before is they were nibbling on algae and stuff. And now that that's been removed from the tank, um, they're like, well, I guess we're eating the plants. So, yep, might be dangerous in a nice, delicately planted tank. Just one more fish with Josh. Thanks again for the reply on Facebook. I have the no damp off on its way. Cool. Awesome. And you're welcome, Josh. Always glad to help. By the way, um, folks, the best way to get a hold of me is dan at dansfish.com for just general questions. Or if it's regarding get gills, dan at getgills.com. Although I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, <laughs> I'm not a soup Nazi about it. You can email me at either one about anything. Um, Facebook's great. The get gills, uh, Facebook group is great. Um, Folks that message me on Facebook or Instagram or one of the 10 other, you know, platforms that are used these days, um, I, I, I just don't check them that often. There's so many of them and uh, my attention spread too thin. So if you need an immediate answer, dan at dancefish.com, usually within 24 hours or so, I'll be able to get back to you. Or the Get Gills Facebook group is a great place as well. So if you've uh, sent me a message on Facebook or Instagram or what have you, and, and you haven't heard back, I'm honestly not ignoring you or anything. I just don't check those platforms for messaging. I, I use uh, email for communication. Um, I just can't keep up with every platform. Rockford Fishkeeping. Can you say the name of the Corys? I got Aeneas. Yes. Yes. It's uh, Corydor's Aeneas Longfin is the ones you have. And I think you spelled it right. Yeah. Good job. Aeneas. Not anus. <laughs> I hear that a lot. Aeneas. <laughs> Mr. Guppy, is your normal shipping day Monday morning? Um, it's Monday. They usually don't go out till Monday evening. So UPS only has one uh, time where they leave my town and it's in the evening. So even if I took them 10 a.m., they wouldn't leave any quicker. So they, uh, I think 530 is when they start getting stuff out their door. So I, I generally take the stuff up a little bit before 5.30 because I don't want the heat pack cooking any longer than it needs to. I don't want them out in the cold any longer than they need to be. So I try to get them there about half an hour or so, an hour to half an hour before the cutoff. So it'll be Monday evening before they ship. Kenny Overholes, Wednesday for our time for Bob Kaler's stream. Wednesday's Mountain Time, 4 o'clock. Cool. Cool, cool. Oh, Candy got McMaster Eye from me. Okay, cool. I had forgotten that, Candy. That's right. I remember now. Yes, of course I remember. I think I took him up to Stacy, if I remember right. Hope they're doing well. Did, did you lose a male or did I just... I think they were on sex. So they might've all just turned out to be females. <laughs> Jay Adams. <laughs> Doing what Jay does. Candy has cockatoides. That anything like cooties? It is. It is until what's going to happen eventually, Jay, is you're going to experience these changes and then, and then there won't be as many cooties. <laughs> Michael Wentworth, thanks for the chance. Love feeding blackworms. 
But the price makes it tough. Can't deny that they're a major contributor when it comes to breeding is pleasure. Thanks, Michael. Good to have you here. And yeah, blackworms are awesome. They do just seem to be soaring in price, though. So for those that don't know, there's really only one place that um, raises blackworms. It's California blackworms. I believe it's in Fresno. Sylvia, is that right? Fresno? Maybe it's Bakersfield. One of those two towns in California. And... Um, when there's a fire, production, like their colonies, get wiped. When it gets super hot, they have a lot of problems. Well, you know, so being that there's kind of one source for the growth of them, um, any little thing that affects that one little area affects the entire supply. Um, now, I've, that's what I've been told by many, many people, including California blackworms, that they're the only place that does it. But I recently came across Eastern Aquatics. Um, I didn't end up doing business with them. It didn't really work out. Um, <laughs> but um, it seems from their website, they might actually farm blackworms too, but I'm not sure. They might just buy and resell and have pictures of something else on their site. Lots of sites do that. So I'm not sure if they do or not. But, but that's one reason. There's such a limited supply. And it's even hard to... If you're if you go right now to California Blackworms and you don't have a pre-existing account or relationship with them, um, they're probably going to tell you, "Sorry, we don't, we aren't accepting new accounts just because uh, they're they're already everything they have is already bought." So, yep, it's it's a trick. Um, I do plan on turning this six foot hundred gallon aquarium down here, this one right here, um, into a blackworm colony and moving the geophagus out of there unless i sell them all at the cell that would be great and the pandagar out of there and just putting the blackworms in there um there's sand in there they should do really well there's extra aeration and filtration and stuff so um yeah hopefully i can keep a colony going and growing not to sell but to have enough that when i bring in you know licorice gouramis or wild type bettas or you know things like that i can have or elephant nose um, stuff that can come in skinny and be hard to transition, take some time to transition to prepared food that I can have a supply to do that with. Peplin, she needs McMastra. Yes, Candy does. Yep. Just one more fish with Josh. So there is a new YouTube virus that is causing the like button to not work properly for 35% of the viewers. Everyone should test to make sure it is working for them. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? A nudge is as good as a wink to a blind bat. Is that, is that how that goes? <laughs> Monty Python. I don't know. It's been a decade since I've seen that one. Um, all right. Scrolling up because chat jumped it on me again. Oh, I missed a super chat. I'm so sorry. Carpenter 78, $2 throwing it down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that's a good looking bushy nose. You got there, my friend. Good looking bushy. Okay, and we're back. Jeez, chat be jumping. Gary's Aquatics, I made it. How are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing great, Gary. I'm glad you made it here, and I hope you're doing well as, I hope you're doing good as well. <laughs> Apparently, I can't talk. I need some lubricant. Cichlids uh, 23, yay, what did you get at 307 Wyoming 4E? Yeah, she'll tell you. She'll tell you. What did you get? 
It's great to meet you, by the way. Rockford Fishkeeping need to make a cooling heat pack. Cools, then starts heating, and a heating cool pack that heats and then cools. You know, I have in the back of my mind, and there's no way I'm going to be the person to do it, just because I don't have the expertise um, or the money to hire the expertise, at least not at this moment. But um, in my mind, I'm like, I know there's these tiny little heating elements, and there's these little circuits and things, and... There's got to be a way that there could be a small mechanism developed that runs on a battery that uh, has a thermostat in it and a little heater in it so that it could only heat to like say it set at 75 degrees. It heats the box to 75 degrees, then it shuts off. And when it hits 74 degrees, it kicks on, heats it back to 75, you know, just like an aquarium heater or something. There's got to be a way to make something like that happen. I'm not the guy, and it's easy to say stuff like that, right? But I I did look into it a little bit, though, and there does does appear to be enough, like, little micro circuits and thermostats and heaters and stuff like that that it's doable. Um, But that's from a guy that is not an engineer and wouldn't be the doing, (laughs) so it's easy to say. But I dream of that. I dream of the day there's a device. I picture it like about the size of a heat pack that you just put in there, but it only kicks on at a certain temperature and keeps things at a certain temperature. That'd be awesome. Dan, you forgot to put 50% to the manganos. (laughs) Here's what he's talking about. So hang on. Let me see if I can find it. Are they on this page? I have to go another page. Hang on. (laughs) Most of you know the story. Where are they? Oh, are they not posted? Are you serious? Oh, I thought you were joking. Okay. Hang on. I'm going to get in my store and do this live real quick. Maybe I didn't post them. They're like 250. Right? Yeah. So 250 is like way more than 50% off. Yeah, they should be. They should be on there. Hang on. Oh, there they are. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. They're they're 250 each. You meant 50% off 250? Another <laughs> Jeez. I I am at the point with those. Um that uh, I might just give them to a local cichlid file. Uh, just be like, here you go. Enjoy. Yeah, because I'm going to need that tank pretty soon. The Lone Aquarius, there are these new heat packs called Phase 22. Yes, they actually both heat and cool to balance out at 72 degrees. That's true, but they only, they have a differential of, I think it's like 10 to 20 degrees with outside temperature. So, um, I use, I, I know phase 22. I like them. I, I have a couple still, but they're only going to work in fairly mild weather. They don't have the ability to crank out enough heat for the cold of winter or enough cold for the true heat of summer. So, um, well, they work a little better in the summer than the winter. So I, I like them for that narrow band of use, but they don't, heat a lot and they don't cool a lot yeah and once they change phase they're done so 
if they're going from liquid to solid, once they are the solid, if the temperature doesn't then go back up high enough to liquefy them again, then they're going to stay a solid. And in, in once that transition is done, they're done. So they have a limited uh, use case. But within that limited use case, yes, they're very good. But they're not the miracle I was hoping they would be. It's still relying on chemical reactions versus actual measurement of the ambient temperature and affecting it. Well, kind of. I mean, they have a very limited window of doing that. Fishkeeper cool. Don't have a question. Just want to say if you buffer, you are in trouble. Oh, I already buffered my friend. I started off with buffering. I'm the buffer king. <laughs> Looking forward to the pictures, Fishkeeper cool. <laughs> I have one more actually that was emailed to me that I haven't posted yet. I meant to do it and it just been busy, but I'll get it up there. Yeah, I've been told I have an ugly buffer face. <laughs> Michael Wilson, what are the double-tailed golden guppies? I'm assuming double swords are the females the same strain. Yeah, so they're um, they have they're pretty much a yellow fish, but they have a uh, red orange sword on the top and bottom of the caudal fin, and it doesn't necessarily extend really far. It's not like a liar tail, so it doesn't extend super far behind the caudal fin. It kind of just has the color on the top and bottom, and it does extend just a little bit on the top and bottom, but not like a true long sword. Um, the females, though, are, are pretty much just solid gold. They're a, a pretty yellow fish. Yeah, I, I got a lot more females than males. The males sold a lot quicker, and so I'm down to just females left at this time. Kaylor's Aquatics with 10 bucks and Pippi Longstocking cheering me on. Thank you, Bob Kaylor. I appreciate that so much. <laughs> I don't know what it is about that sticker, but she cracks me up. Probably because she reminds me of Pippi Longstocking. Yeah. <laughs> Psychedelic Hippocampus. Wow, sounds like a DMT thing. If I purchase fish from someone who has soft water and my water is very hard, should I drip acclimate? No. No, I wouldn't. I would I would uh, temp and tank or what do they call Plop and drop, yeah. Um, I would, if the temperatures are vastly different, I would float them for 10, 15 minutes and then cut them open and net them out. Or if the temperatures aren't vastly different, just let them ride out, yeah. Now, other people might have other opinions on that, and that's fine. Um, I used to drip acclimate, not religiously, but I've tried. I, I tried it when it when I first became aware of it quite a while ago. I had less success than I do with just plop and drop. Yeah. So for me, it's always plop and drop, and I get fish from all over the world. I get super hardy fish. I get super delicate fish. I get all kinds, um, and it's more. Now, what I do, though, when I get fish, since my water is so soft, is I do add quite a bit of salt to the water before I plop and drop. But you wouldn't have that problem because you have the hard alkaline water. So if they're coming from soft water, they should be just fine. Yeah. Otter Creek Aquatics is hashtag eat worms, the code. You got it. Eat worms. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. Guess I'll go eat worms. Candy, thanks for posting my uh, email address. 
Chewy LTD, there is a marine biologist in the Philadelphia area that is a marine biologist. <laughs> you don't say. And his major study was malcology. His name is John Bradbury. What's malcology? Malcology. I see mal and I think bad. Oh, malacology. Okay, uh, someone who studies mollusks. Cool. Hey, I learned a new word today. Thanks, Chewy. I love it when I learn new stuff. Kids Aquatics, do you have any rainbows coming soon? Um, I, I have some coming in the Indonesian uh, import. That hasn't been uh, finalized yet. The Nigerian import is the one that I placed today. Um, and I plan on placing the Indonesian one fairly soon. I'm waiting for some funds to clear and then I'll finalize that order. But there are going to be some rainbows and some stuff. It's a really cool order, guys. Um, let me just say that I've been working on some of the species coming um, from both Africa and in Indonesia. I've been working on for quite a while, but one that's really hard is some of the Indonesian stuff. So I'm really excited about it. Carpenter 78, two bucks. Just got to that one. If you're wondering how far behind I am. <laughs> will the blackworms have leeches? Yes, Chevy Fish, they will. They all do. They all come from the same source. And so they all have the leeches that that source has. That being said, they aren't dangerous. I, I don't know if they're actually leeches or just a flatworm that we call leeches. But even if they are, they aren't like, attacking fish or anything like that. In fact, fish seem to love to eat them. I've never seen them uh, do anything detrimental or do anything other than kind of inch around uh, for stuff. So yes, they will have them. Every black worm source that I know of has them because they all come from the same place. Dragon layer, dang, I need those stiffidon gobies. I have a pair and I love them. They constantly dig holes in the sand substrate. Yeah, stiffidons, are amazing. In fact, Rhinogobius, Stiphodons, uh, the, what's the one with the red lipstick goby, that whole genus, um, it's not coming in my head, but all those little guys are so awesome. Just personality plus. Some of them have amazing color too, but even just the brown ones, they're just so darn cute how they hang around and their personality. Yeah, absolutely. For those that don't know, um, Spares Repreeding, um, we are we've been able to add a different shipping option since it's a little warmer now. So now two day shipping is available at getgills.com. And I'm trying to clear space for this large import from Nigeria and another one from Indonesia. And so I put stuff on sale. So a lot of stuff is 50% off. Um, almost everything is, is, is severely discounted at dancefish.com right now. So if you've been waiting to buy fish, uh, and now seems to be the time. The Stephanon gobies made me think of that because I have a couple of them for sale on the site. Jay <laughs> um, <laughs> Adams, run away! Attack, killer attack bunnies, yes. Water wizard, I have a small tank with shrimp and snails and blackworms. They are reproducing fairly well. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, I've done them. I've done the blackworms before and had good success. I'm going to try something else this time, though. I, I know that what the farm does is they so they multiply by segmentation generally and so the farm will go in and cut them up 
and each little piece becomes a new worm. I haven't done that before. I've just fed and waited for them to segment naturally, but um, I might try that in this one. Not all of them, but I might take a small number of them and segment them and see uh, how that works to uh, speed up their reproductive process. But I'm glad to hear you've got a supply and it's going well. Yeah, nothing like live food, man. It's, it's amazing. Wait, Jay Adams has a massive humpback Lumia colony? Awesome. Well, Jay Adams, if you put those on get gills, folks will buy them. That is an in-demand fish. So a lot of people want that fish. Mr. Guppy, what water do you use to ship your fish in? I've seen you keep extra buckets. So I'm assuming it's not tank water, but fresh sitting water. So yeah, what I do uh, when I ship fish is... I use the same water that goes into my tanks. I just use it before it goes into my tank. So it's my normal tap water, but it's been dechlorinated. And then I put it in a bucket and I uh, run an air stone in it overnight. I add salt to it. So even though I have really soft water, if you get fish from me and test the water, it's going to read as a super high TDS. It's not. It's soft water, but I put salt in it. Um, five grams per liter. And then I put a little bit of uh, Seachem Safe in there, which is the dry version of Seachem Prime. Same chemical, one's a liquid, one's dry. So it's, it's water that's never been in my aquariums with my fish, but it's been gassed off and bubbled and aged and uh, yeah, before they're shipped out. Yep. Ginger Graves or anyone in chat, is there a standard amount of salt per gallon to add to your if you plan to salt dip a fish, uh, for me, it's five, is it five grams per liter? Let me look it up. Let me just double check. Um, I just hate to be that guy that kills your fish by giving you the wrong dosage. Okay. Yeah. Five grams per liter is what I use. Um, if you're using it just as a quick dip, I'm not sure because I've, I don't gen, excuse me, I don't generally do that ginger, but I know five grams per liter is very effective at uh, helping fish that are sick or have an open sore or injury or something or just stress from shipping. Um, and I just leave them in that, but that's in a quarantine tank without plants. So you're probably in a situation where it's in a planted tank. You need to take it out, dip it briefly, and then put it back in the planted tank. And if that's the case, I'm not sure how concentrated you can go. So if anyone else can uh, round that out, that would be helpful. Let's help Ginger out. Poke Tile Craft 101. <laughs> I came late today. I probably missed so much information. Well, that is what replays are for. Never fear. The replay will be here. We've just been talking. Just been talking. Kaylor's Aquatics, I made it to Kaylor's $10 super chat. <laughs> I don't know what it is. She cracks me up. Pippi Longstocking <laughs> cheerleading. <laughs> Jeez. Fishkeeper Cool, I am without internet, so your mobile screenshots will have to do. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Well, so far, so good. I mean, we had that blip early on, but I don't think we've buffered since. I think we're okay. 
Oh, now I said it. Now I done did it. Rob's Aquariums. Do you plop and drop discus as well? Yes, I do. And I've imported a lot of discus. Yep. Honestly, it's just when I... I've, I've done them both and plop and drop. It seems like it shouldn't work better than drip acclimation. Seems like drip acclimation should work better, but for me, it doesn't. It just tends to stress the fish longer. The whole process takes longer. Uh, the main issue is all the ammonia that's released. So if you are going to drip acclimate, um, make sure you do something to detoxify all that ammonia in the water. But Generally, by the time they get to you, they're in pretty horrible conditions. And so for me, it's let's get them out of there as quick as possible. And it served me very well over the years with many different species, even discus. Um, in fact, I can't think of a species that I wouldn't just plop and drop. That being said, I'm not deep into shrimp. It might be different for shrimp. Um, I've plop and drop shrimp as well, and I have mixed success. Sometimes shrimp do great for me. Sometimes they don't. I'm not an expert on those. So I'm just talking about fish, not the other critters we keep in an aquarium. Skipper's Aquariums. Hey, good to see you, my friend. If you have any questions for Dan, make sure you type at symbol Dan's fish. So it highlights for me. Yes. Helps a lot. Um, if you've tried couple times and I'm just missing your comment or it won't highlight because you're using an Android phone or something, um, what have you. Um, Skipper's pretty good about bringing that to my attention, but it does help if it highlights for me. Also, um, that's where I am in the chat. So if somehow I missed because chat skipped on me and I couldn't get back up, just repost your question or comment if you would, and I'll get to it as soon as I can. VB23, do you have any experience with dojo loach? Yes, not a ton though. I've never, I'm trying to think, maybe I have. I can't remember keeping them in my personal collection, but I've kept them in a lot of stores and things I've worked with. Um, they're a fantastic species. They're fun. They're peaceful. They're super curious. And like a lot of loaches, they're very active and curious about other fish. So the one drawback to them that you might have is... If you have a fish in there, say like betta cochina, a small little wild type betta or a, I don't know, licorice gourami, stuff like that. that just likes to be left alone, not mess with, um, baddest, baddest. Um, if you have something like that, the dojo loach, it's not aggressive necessarily, but it's so outgoing and inquisitive that it could stress out a shy fish like that. Besides that, they're pretty hardy, fantastic fish. They like it cooler. So if you live somewhere that's hot and you can't keep your tank cool, then you might want to think twice before you get them. Now, they're pretty hardy, but they're going to thrive best in the high 60s to low 70s. They're not going to like it in the high 70s, low 80s. Not very much. They're great fish, though. Hang on, I think I think chat did a jumpy thing. Yes, it did. Hang on. Okay. Okay. So I'm going back up. I didn't realize chat had jumped on me. Mr. Guppy, what water do you use to ship your fish? Okay, oh, I already did that one. Okay. Hang on, I'm just trying to make sure I didn't skip people. 
And it's not letting me, it's weird how this happens. Sometimes it doesn't let me see the super chats. Sticklitz23, $3.23. Yep, makes sense. <laughs> True to the 23. Best unique topwater fish to go with my CPDs, platinum half beaks. I, that, that's the one that jumps into my head. Platinum half beaks are awesome. They're very unique. Um, they stick pretty firmly to the top. They will occasionally go down and, and explore the mid range and even occasionally the bottom. But in general, you'll find them up top. If you get them, make sure you have some kind of floating plant cover or Easter grass or something up there over about a quarter of the tank or so uh, where they can hang out. And if you do that, then they'll be out and about and displaying and not hiding very much at all. If you don't do that, they're going to be up in the corner shaking and they'll get skinny and stressed and die on you eventually. So give them uh, a shelter. In nature, they're just among all these floating plants. They're peaceful. I mean, they do wrestle among themselves and stuff, but they don't bother any other fish if it doesn't easily fit in their mouth. And they have a very small mouth. They eat flakes, they eat pellets. They're easy to keep and feed if you get healthy stock and you have an environment where they feel comfortable and sheltered. That's one. Um, clown killies are a great addition with uh, CPDs. And I think Bob Steenfot still has some. If not, I'm sure he'll get some more soon. Um, he's the only source I know of right now that is selling clown killies with, uh, with steady success. I'm definitely not doing it. I'm having trouble with clown killies. Um, other kind of dedicated top dwelling fish. Applicatus block eye could do it. Blocky eye is a good one. Um, they will eat small fish though. They'll hunt them, but they won't bother CPDs, especially if the CPDs are, you know, adults. They should be fine. Um, Yeah, those are the ones that are kind of sticking in my head. You could get some pygmy uh, hatchet fish as well. That might be interesting. Yeah, those are the ones that pop in Cichlids uh, 23. Hope that's helpful. If someone else has an idea, nice top dwelling fish that can go with itty bitty little CPDs, please chime in, make it at Cichlids 23 and, and it'll help him out. Swiski, good to see you here. Thanks for doing the unboxing. That was unexpected and it was it was an honor, man to see my fish in a Swiski video. <laughs> That's high class. That's high class. <laughs> um, fish keeper, cool. I am without internet. Okay, yeah, I got back to that. Okay, I think I caught back up after chat jumped on me. Very well, very good. Aquarium thoughts. I've ran them through a water pump. I've ran them through a water pump. What did you run through a water pump? Are you talking about dojo loaches? Um, I don't know if you are, but that does remind me. Yes, dojo loaches squeeze into tiny little things. So if you have like a water pump or a filter that has a, a down pipe and it's not covered with something to keep them from getting in it, they will get in it and they will get chopped up and injured. So I don't know if that's what Aquarium Thoughts is, is thinking about, but... That, that's what pinged in my head when I read that comment. Good to have you here, Aquarium Thoughts. Thanks for joining us. Michael Wentworth. I know you go through massive quantities of salt for your quarantine process. What 
bulk type salt do you use? Something like cheap water softener salt. Can you provide an example? Yes, that's exactly what I use. Let me grab some, I'll show it to you. There you are. The cheapest rock salt that I can buy. Now, I buy the, buy the pallet. Um, now, before everyone jumps all over me, yo, you have to use aquarium salt. No, you don't. Just You just have to make sure that it's sodium chloride. Don't get potassium chloride, which can be sold for water softeners. Um, just make sure it's actually sodium chloride and you're good to go. Don't get it in pellets or anything, just rock salt. And you can get a 40, 50 pound bag for between four to six bucks. So, um, yeah, it's worked well for me for many, many, many years. And I'm not particular about brand. I just have that one because it's what Home Depot happened to have at the time. Um, yeah, salt is salt. And something else about salt is you don't have to worry about iodized, non-iodized, any of that. I, I know that that's been <laughs> said for years and years and years, but the amount of iodine that is put in iodized table salt is so minimal that it is not going to harm your fish. In fact, iodine is a micronutrient that fish need. If they don't have any iodine, they'll have a problem. You'll, back in the day, you used to see cichlids that would get goiter, like these big goiters um, under their chin. Um, it's from lack of iodine. So iodized table salt can solve that problem for that particular group of fish. So, yeah, yeah. I know it's been repeated forever. Make sure it's non-iodized. Make sure it's non-iodized. You, you'll read that in every Facebook group whenever there's a question about salt. I know, I know, I know. But... It's, it's not a problem. It really isn't. Of course, I'm going to say that and you'll have the one species of fish that for some reason <laughs> doesn't do well with iodine. Um, yeah. <laughs> Water wizard, Dan, did you ever order fish from Runeman's? They are a wholesaler from the Netherlands with a satellite in Miami. I didn't order from them. I checked them out. And thank you, by the way for turning me on to them. I always appreciate it when folks reach out to me and it happens frequently and say, hey, did you know about this wholesaler? Did you know about this person? It's always very much appreciated. Um, it, it didn't quite work out with them and it was a while ago, so I can't remember exactly why. I think it was just a cost thing. Um, basically, I'd rather buy my fish from the same people they buy from than buy from them because then I can cut out um, uh, links in the supply chain. Yeah. But I did check them out and it does seem to be an operation with an outstanding reputation. So they aren't, I haven't written them off yet. It's just, they didn't have anything that I was like, Oh, I can't find that anywhere else. Um, so I can go a step above them and get what I need, but I haven't written them off. They're, they're definitely still on my radar. Um, cause they seem to be, I, I can't say this for sure. I haven't dealt with them, but it seems like they might be, they might conduct themselves, uh, fairly ethically. Um, again, I haven't dealt with them, so I can't say that, but they seem to have a great reputation from when I dug in and researched them. 
as much as I can tell from reading online. Um, let's see. Oh, ran them through a water pump. I wonder if Aquarium Thoughts was talking about uh, prepping water for shipping. I, I'm not quite sure. Sakana Katana, hey, good to see you. Do rosy loaches eat snails, cherry shrimp? Just order some off your website. Oh, thanks. I'm planning on housing them with some guppies, CPDs, abetta, and cherry shrimp. I think they probably would eat snails. I have so few snails in my tanks that I've never observed it, but it doesn't mean they're not doing it. So I think they probably would eat snails. Cherry shrimp? I don't think so. I haven't tried it, but I think they would eat baby cherry shrimp, but I don't think they'd bother the adults. In molt, you might have an issue, but you can have an issue in molt with any fish eating a cherry shrimp. I would definitely try it. Like, if I wanted to put rosy loaches with shrimp, I wouldn't think twice. I would, I would try it if it was my fish in my tank. Yeah. Um, has someone in here tried it? And what's been your experience? If, if someone who's actually done it could chime in, that would be better than me just saying that I, I would try it. <laughs> Big city bettas, it's like magic. I enter the stream and hear the words wild betta. Yep. Yeah, there's... I expect to have some really cool wild bettas in, in the very near future. <laughs> I can't talk. In the very near future. Just one more fish with Josh. Interested in giving away a microworm culture tonight? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Um, how would we make that happen? Um, let me know if you've got one to give away that you're willing to ship. What can't happen is um, it can't be something where it's like, I'm going to give this away, but I need $10 for shipping. They're, they're, it has to be completely transaction free. Um, just a pure giveaway where if someone wins it, they get it for free and they don't have to pay for shipping or anything like that. If that's what you're thinking of doing, then let me know. And I'll do two drawings at the end. One, uh, one for the black worms and one for the micro worms. And um, yeah, let me know down below and we'll figure out how to make that work if, if that's what you're thinking. Big City Bettas, good timing on my part. Yes, indeed. I, I haven't checked your channel in, in a week or two, so I'm interested to see how your build's going with all those tanks you got. I was so excited when I saw all those tanks you had in your garage. Oh yeah, that makes me happy. Doing your part for world peace. <laughs> Skipper's Aquariums. Kahaleu asks, can you keep the Scarlet Battis with Dwarf Pea Puffers? Um, maybe I definitely have a plan B. My general stance with Pea Puffers is I don't like to keep them with anything. The reason is they have individual personalities just like Bettas. Um, some will do fine, some won't. They might do fine in one person's tank, and then person B tries it. Same fish, different tank, disaster. Because the, the way the tank's set up and all that has a lot to do with things too. So um, personally, I would not do it just because in my experience with pea puffers is often, often even though they're small and cute, they can just go on a rampage. <laughs> but I'm not saying it can't be done, but I'd be very wary of it. 
that's just me. Maybe your best friend has an awesome tank full of pea puffers and scarlet baddis, and then it's probably worth trying as long as you have a plan B. The issue is it doesn't take that sharp beak very long to do real damage. Nocturnal Aquarius, the wrestling half beaks actually naturally occur in mangrove swamps. Yes, but also fresh water. They have a very, very, very wide range. So there are populations that go from pretty much full salt all the way up through populations that are way, way up the river systems and are in pretty much full fresh. So you're right, but that's not the only place they come from. And by the way, the platinum half beaks have been bred in full fresh for generations. They're, they're pretty darn used to it. I mean, they can live in my water. And they do. They thrive. They breed. They grow. They do great in my water. Then uh, they can live in anyone's water pretty much. Because <laughs> I, I have the water that you would think would be the worst for uh, that species. But they do great. Wait, hang on. There was something here. Uh, Killers Aquatics, are all the longfin quarries gone? They are. They've all been sold. So uh, the last the, the last batch sold uh, about an hour or so before the live stream. Aquarium thoughts. Blackworms to chop, then bit. Blackworms to chop, then bit. My brain can't process that. But yeah, that's how you propagate them. Supposedly, I haven't tried it yet, but supposedly you cut them and then each little segment grows into its own worm. Yep. Punchy Baines. Is it warming up there? It is in the single digits here. Ooh. Do you think I could safely ship rice fish with heat packs? Um, it is warming up here and it's supposed to continue warming. Um, but it's not warming a ton. So let's, let's tell you exactly what it is. 10 day forecast for, oh, Akron, Ohio. <laughs> I was looking up shipping to Jimmy before I sent the CPDs. I'm still on that. <laughs> Hang on. Let me get to Sheridan. So tonight's going to be two degrees, but tomorrow the low is 14, Friday the low is 20, Saturday is 24, so we are in a warming trend. It's not punchy that it's specifically getting a lot warmer here, it's that it's warmer wherever they go. So, um, and it depends on your method of shipping, whether you think, whether you could safely ship them with heat packs. If I ship UPS overnight or two day, they'll be out of here. Um, if it's overnight, within an hour or two of when I drop them off, or next day, sorry, within an hour or two of when I drop them off. If it's two-day, within eight to, to 16 hours, they'll be out of this climate. They'll on, be on the plane and off, off somewhere else. And so even if it's bitter cold here, the boxes are well enough insulated, and I could, with the heat pack, they'll be fine. So that's what's important. Not necessarily that it's warming up specifically right here in Sheridan, but it's warming across the nation. So there still might be someone that orders and I check their weather and it's, you know, negative 15 and I'll be like, hey, maybe we should hold off. Although I've done that before and generally have success. Um, 
what's important is even if it's super cold in Laramie uh, or, or anywhere really that, um, that where you're sending them to it's warm. Now, if you're sending priority mail, USPS priority, that might not be the case because in my instance, they go to Casper. They generally spend the night in Casper. And if I'm lucky, they'll be in Denver the next day. So I wouldn't ship priority mail yet. Um, although I used to ship only priority all year long and generally did okay. But but enough didn't make it that I stopped doing that after a while. So hope that helps, Bunchy. I guess the question would be, uh, what's your shipping method and is it warmer where they're going? So will they get out of the cold in time that it won't have a chance to affect them? BCFR Aquatics, I have three mollies that are becoming skinny. Oops, I've treated with Prozipro four times in the last two months with no avail. Thoughts? Um, so Prozipro obviously has Proziquental in it. What else does it have? In ingredients. Let me look. Let me see if it has Metro. Okay, I'm on Hikari's website looking up what they have. Ingredients. Okay, it's Prozzi. That's all that's in there. Okay, so what I would say is if you've tried Prozzi four times, um, in the last two months. So generally with Prozzi, it's a treatment, wait seven days, treat again, right? So if you did something like that, what I like to do is Prozzi, wait three days, Prozzi, wait three days, treat again, just because I changed so much water. But um, so if you did it within like a seven days of each treatment, at least one of those times, and there's been no improvement, then I would move on to metronidazole because that treats a different class of parasites. If that doesn't work, I would try levamisole because that treats a different group of parasites. Um, if that doesn't work, I would try flubendazole. If none of those work, then I'd be like, okay, maybe it's a bacterial infection in the gut and I would use canamycin and nitrofurazone in a hospital tank. But I wouldn't try that until I had exhausted um, those anti-parasite medicines because the anti-parasite medicines are just less harsh on your aquarium's biological system. So you can generally treat them right in the aquarium without losing your cycle or killing off your nitrifying bacteria or killing your plants or anything like that. Um, oh, something else. Odd as this sounds, if before you try move to antibiotics, um, you might want to try an ick medicine because sometimes there can be external parasites which are sucking the energy out of the animal. Generally, it's internal, but there are external parasites that can do it too. Um, so that's kind of the way I would do that. And the reason is, is it's probably internal parasites, but it's worth a little bit of maybe trying some ICX before you try canamycin and nitrofurazone, because then you have to set up a separate hospital tank and do all this stuff um, yeah. If you do try canamycin and nitrofurazone, by the way, if you get to that point, please do the entire treatment. Um, I, so I'm, I'm not talking bad about anyone here. What works for you works for you. I get that. But 
there is also a responsibility to the larger community. And when we use antibiotics, specifically antibiotics, and we don't do the full treatment cycle, we just put in one dose and let it ride and don't follow the actual procedures, then we're really, uh, it, it, we could be creating superbugs, we could be creating resistance, we could be doing all kinds of things that will affect more than just you. They'll affect the germs that are spread around the hobby. They can make them resistant. There can be lots of ramifications. So please, anyone, anyone that does treat with any antibiotic, please treat for the full <laughs> treatment cycle. Um, yeah, especially if you do it as a routine. If it's your routine to get new fish in and put some antibiotics in, and do just one treatment and wait a week, but the instructions say treat every other day for seven, for 10 days or something like that, you could really be causing a, a big problem um, that could affect not just you and your fish, but a lot, but entire industries, entire sectors of the hobby and our fuel for people that want to do more regulation that say, well, these people don't follow the instructions. They're creating problems. So we have to just make it so they can't buy antibiotics anymore. Right. So um, rant over, but please take that in consideration. If, if you're using antibiotics there, a lot of the medicines we use rant, not over um, for fish. They're, they're serious. Um, Ick medicines, the the um geez <laughs> i want to say fluoride <laughs> the formalin that's in there formaldehyde it's a version of formaldehyde um that stuff is very carcinogenic wear gloves people um if you're using antibiotics or anti-parasite medicines they're usually a fine fine powder wear wear a dust mask uh do <laughs> don't don't be cavalier with this stuff uh, just because it's for fish doesn't mean that it doesn't have wider ramifications. And I just see it all the time. Even places I worked, fish stores, wholesalers, stuff like that. Um, I'd see it all the time. People going around, not wearing gloves or anything, just doing the, the ick medicine. And it's not like they just do that once in a while. They might do it every day and it's getting on them. That's a problem. Um, yeah. So just take care of yourselves, people. And, and don't create super bugs. <laughs> All right. What got me on that? Ugh. I just, I just see it all the time in, in very influential people. And it worries me that people think that that doesn't have ramifications. It, it, it does. It absolutely does. Okay, chat jumped on me. So here we go, searching for where it jumps so I know where to start again. Sorry about that. Sakana Katana, thanks for the feedback. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks for being here. I love your username. It just rolls off the, the tongue. It's fun. Sakana Katana. <laughs> There's something about the rhythm of saying that. Water Wizard, that is true dan great reputation i understand if you can cut the middlemen for better prices um it's it's part of its better prices but it's not even that so much i actually don't mind supporting wholesalers 
it's more about the fish. Like if I can buy directly from the collector or the breeder of the fish in another country and they come straight to me, that cuts out, even if they're going to a wholesaler, that often cuts out two or three different stops on their route. And so they're just less stressed. They make one trip instead of two or three additional trips that they wouldn't have to make. Um, Part of it is about the money though, because by, it's not that I want to cut out the middlemen. I want everyone at every step of the industry to make money and make a living and thrive. I really do. If they're responsible and ethical and rudiments has a good reputation. It seems to be, again, I I haven't used them, but seems to be on that path. Wet spot or the wholesale arm cichlid exchange is another one that I think does a a fairly good job. Um, So it's not even about that, but if I'm going to get the fish and take the time to truly acclimate them and get them healthy and used to eating aquarium food and all that and go through all the process of medicating them and making them healthy and um, and trying to get them so that whoever buys them has the best chance of getting a disease-free fish, that takes a lot of time. And it's hard for me to compete in this industry if I bought um, from a wholesaler and have all that time and expense, if I can cut one or two people in the middle, then I can afford to do that and still compete. But if I don't, then my prices, if my prices are two to three times what everyone else is selling them for, because they're buying them and just flipping them, it's really hard to sell the fish because people, you know, everyone has Google, everyone has the internet and can browse lots of different stores. And if my prices, my prices can be a little higher, but if they get substantially higher, then that's going to be a big problem for the business. So it's a, I'm trying to do what's better for the fish, get them the least stressful trip possible. B, I almost have to cut someone out if I'm going to be able to absorb the expense of doing it the way I do it and still be able to sell them at a price where people are willing to pay for them. So that's, that's what's going on behind that. But I haven't written them off. Uh, I just don't have a need for them at this moment. But one day I will, and I'll, I'll revisit it. And I appreciate you bringing them to my attention. Okay, there's aquatics. Who's this? <laughs> With a puzzled and then not puzzled kid. <laughs> a realization. Hmm? Oh! <laughs> $10 super chat from Bob Kaler. Thanks so much. We're at 828. Jeez! Let me get through. Uh, let's see what I can do in two minutes. Shannon Combs, do CPDs eat shrimps? I got a lot missing. Yes, they are little micro predators. They are programmed to hunt little things like shrimp. I don't know if they're going to eat adult shrimp, but they'll definitely prey on the babies and they might mob a molting shrimp. But yes, they're programmed to hunt things like shrimp. Nocturnal aquarist. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I keep mine in fresh water with red mangroves. Yeah, yeah. But, um, uh, but yes, some of them come from saltwater estuaries as well. Absolutely. Carrie Nature, with grumpy fish, I say give advice for the beginners and let the experienced people try and break the molds. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, when you're just starting out, you kind of want to do what's tried and true. Like, right? It's like a, if you're a martial artist, you learn the basics, 
once you kind of have a feel for things, then you can try to innovate, but you don't do it at the beginning. HC Aqua, I thought heat packs reach a certain temp and then back off if too hot. Is that? No, they don't. They have a curve. So they burn based on oxygen. And basically, as they get warmer, they process oxygen faster, so they get hotter. So they go like this. They, they start here, they get oxygen, they get oxygen, they peak, and then they go down. But they don't reach a temperature and back off and reach a temperature and back off and reach a temperature and back off. It's one smooth, fairly smooth, smooth bell curve. Oh, did I miss one? Moonstone! Feed the worms! Yes, I do. I'm feeding them. I feed them shrimp. I feed them algae wafers. I feed them uh, flake food. Uh, old fish food is great. If you have a fish food you don't like, worms is a great way, great way to get rid of them. All right, that is all we have time for today. I am so sorry, um, <laughs> but... <laughs> Peplin Aquatics or Peplin Creek Aquatics dance fish. I will breed for you. <laughs> That's too funny not to say. There's so many ways I could take that. <laughs> the loan, of course, that's a good rant. Oh, thanks. I uh, don't want to step on anyone's toes or anything, but it worries me every time I see people um, using antibiotics and promoting the use of antibiotics in a way that could create super bugs. Uh, Shannon come. Thanks, Dan. Uh Oh, made a mistake. Oh, everyone does. I probably made 10 of them in the last two seconds. Okay. We are at eight 31 time to do this. Let us bring up Nightbot. Here is Nightbot and drum roll, please. Rockford, I love it. Hopefully, that's not like a copyrighted drum roll that's going to get me demonetized. We'll see in a moment. And the winner is Beast Heart. Awesome. Awesome. Congrats, Beast Heart. You have a minute to uh, confirm that you are here and that you want them. And then if you email me, dan at dancefish.com, by, by midnight would, or by, by noon tomorrow would be great. By midnight tonight would be actually better. Um, and let me know. Yes, I want them. And your first and last name and your address. I am here. All right, Beastheart, you have won some black worms. I'll put them in a baggie and send them to you on Monday. Um, just send, email me your first name, last name, and mailing address, and I'll send them out to you. For those that might have missed it, we now have two-day shipping available at getgills.com. I think the weather's going to warm up enough that we can do that. So shipping is a lot cheaper than it's been for the last couple months when it's been so bitter cold. And we have a massive sale. Lots of stuff is 50% off. I'm trying to clear out tanks so I have room for a big shipment I'm bringing in from Nigeria and from Indonesia. So... Um, just one more fish with Josh. Second drawing. Okay, good. So Josh is giving away some microworms. So here we go. And the winner of the microworms is Joy Champ. Joy, congrats. Oh, that is the most cutest little picture with the little baby. Oh, that's a cute picture. Um, so Josh, would you send me an email, dan at dancefish.com, uh, so I can connect Joy um, with you 
when they email me and make sure that 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 all gets set up properly. So, Joy, if you're here, let us know if you would like some microworms. Great fry food, great food for uh, CPDs, for threadfin rainbows, for almost any small fish. Guppies will eat them, handlers will eat them, lots of fish really like microworms. Pygmy quarries, hybrosis quarries, stuff like that. So I'm not seeing a response, so we might draw another winner here. Joy Champ, are you here? Joy, please come to register five. Joy, register five. <clears throat> Let's see here. I don't see Joy. Did I miss her? Mod, could any mod, would you chime in? Did I miss a comment from Joy? If not, we're going to do this again. I don't think I missed her, but I want to get confirmation on that before I just move on. <laughs> Register five. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm going to go ahead and draw again because I don't think she's here. But... I forgot the drum roll. Can't have that. Okay, so for the microworms. I can't, I can't wait for the replay so I can see what that sounds like for you guys. I can't hear that drum, drum roll at all. So we are going to roll the next winner, Nocturnal Aquarist. Microworms for you if you can respond in a minute saying, Yes. Worst drum roll ever, is it? Oh, is it super loud? Ooh. I can mess with the volume. Uh, sorry, I didn't know that. <laughs> well, and of course, please do a post-mortem on the Annex build. I can totally do that. You're going to be seeing a lot of the Annex. I mean, um, as soon as that sync's installed, I'm going to start going back and doing videos of the footage of the build, uh, detailed footage on the racks and all that stuff that I just haven't done yet. All right, Nocturnal Chorus. Yeah, man, I'd love some. Great. So um, just one more fish with Josh. Uh, would you email me, dan at dancefish.com? And Nocturnal Aquarius, would you email me, dan at dancefish.com? So I can get you two in touch. So, uh Josh can get you those microworms. <clears throat> Thanks, Josh, for doing that. I really appreciate that. That's fun. And sorry, the other day you offered to add some plants to a giveaway, and I just didn't see it during the stream. I didn't see it till after, so I apologize about that. All right, everyone, I hope you had fun. I had a great time. 307, a Wyoming 4E. It's a cool room. Hey, thanks for coming by. I'm glad you liked it. And, uh, I can't wait till we get a bunch of fish up in that fish annex and have even more. Ask me. Whoa, no way. No, okay. <laughs> Thank you, Dan, for your great content and giveaways. Always look forward to Wednesday nights. Wichita Falls Fish Keeper with 10 bucks. And then Scott with Nineteen ninety nine. Scott, thank you so much. Always appreciated. Never required, but it does make the wife super happy. All right. I think I got everyone. Everyone that gave a super chat. I appreciate it so much. It, it really does help. And it's nice to get enough super chats, at least to cover the giveaways. Like, 
when I ship fish out as a giveaway, I pay all that shipping. And when it's next day shipping, yeah. So I really appreciate the super chats. That that helps the business. It helps me survive month to month. And it also helps cover those expenses so I can keep doing the giveaways. So thank you so much. Um, my mods, love you all. Lumpy Dog, great to see you back. Glad you're here. Everyone that had a question or comment for me, thanks for chiming in. Everyone that helped each other during the stream, thanks for being a lively, active community. Um, all you lurkers, I'm with you. And everyone that's watching the replay, thanks for being here. I will see you next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. And Bob Kaler has started live streaming 4 p.m. Mountain Time, so he'll be coming on before me. And Punchy Paints, 9 o'clock p.m. tonight, unless I'm grossly mistaken. I checked that before the live stream and I think that's what it was. So thanks everybody. Glad you're here. Hope you have a good one. I'll see you next Wednesday. Um, Bye-bye.